Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I will ask you again, Cheryl. Yes. I've been asking you during the break. Yes. I am asking you again. And don't try and cry, because if anyone should be crying, it should be me. This is the situation. Yes. You tell me where you have heard him say, educate me. Tell me when you have heard him say racist things. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Back again, just another messy Monday. Before we get started, I wanted to talk about how I was incredibly honored to be on the Mixing In With Monty podcast. We talked about Real Housewives of Atlanta. We talked a little bit about Megan and Harry. We talked a little bit about uh, Dallas. So check it out, Mixing With Monty. She's an incredible podcaster. And if you're not listening to her now go do it. I mean, don't do it right now because, you know, like I need the listens, but also like, you know, when you're done, go and listen and subscribe to Monty. Okay. Um, speaking of Megan and Harry, I feel like, gosh, what a week it's been between the Royal family trying to do damage control. We're having, um, William say that the family is very much not racist. We have, uh kate out there doing damage control without her mask um 
to try and gain press and headlines. The terrible thing that happened with Sarah, I believe her name is Everhart, she was murdered by possibly a policeman over there in London and just like a horrific situation over there. Kate was seen without a mask going to the vigil where then people were arrested for simply trying to stand up for this woman who met a horrific fate. Um, we have other people, other celebrities sticking up for the likes of Pierce Morgan, something that should never happen. I mean, it's giving Kevin Hart defending Ellen last summer is what Sharon Osbourne has been doing for Pierce Morgan, but far worse, way more vile, and frankly, a lot more racist. So if you guys don't know, Sharon is on a show of you talk a view type show called the talk it's on cbs and she sent out a tweet a few days ago defending pierce morgan she says at pierce morgan i'm with you i stand by you people forget that you're paid for your opinion and that you're just speaking your truth so if you guys don't know what happened with pierce pierce has had a complete fucking meltdown over Meghan markle he has completely acted like or flat out said that he did not think that anything happened to her with regard to the royal family and people pulled out their receipts if you guys don't know basically years ago megan was coming over to the uk to do promotion for uh the uk rollout of her show suits um they had spoken behind the scenes they had talked in the dms and megan asked pierce who Keep in mind, this happened, what, five or six years ago, and Pierce has been married for 10 years. So I think well, let's keep that little factoid in our heads moving forward. So five or six years ago, she goes to the UK. They plan on meeting for a drink. They do. Pierce tells a story a couple times about how she had worn dark, a dark dress and she had high heels and she ordered a martini. Can you imagine a woman? ordering a martini that really is the type of woman for pierce apparently may i never drink a martini again if it is the type of thing that turns pierce morgan on so he tells a story about how they had this drink they had a lovely time they had a lovely conversation and then she went off about her day or about her evening and turns out she was going to hang out with Harry and he never, Pierce never heard from Megan again. He has been carrying this uh, anger towards her ever since. He feels like she ghosted him. He speaks about it like he really thought that they were going to be something and yet things changed because of Harry. Now you guys are remembering that he's been married the entire time that he had this run-in with Megan and even before then, right? So he's go went on a tear on the um, British show. I think it's called Good Morning Britain or something like that. A uh, very attractive and sexy to me man basically outed Pierce Morgan is like, you seem like you're very angry because Megan did not give you what you wanted and you've been angry ever since. This caused Pierce to not only walk out on the live show, but also quit. 
Now, if that's not a hit dog hollering, I don't know what it is. <laughs> what is. Um, he really told on himself and it really has been sparking conversations about men's entitlement and just their sick fixation on women who they feel like they are owed and who do not abide by their whims and their desires. Um, so this brings us back to Sharon supporting Pierce. Um, you know, a lot of people correctly said that Pierce's, some of Pierce's criticisms towards Megan have been rooted in racism and Sharon was pretty adamant about supporting Pierce and saying he's not a racist, blah, blah, blah. So this brings us to a conversation the following day had, that was had on the talk. It was a conversation had between Sharon and co-hosts Elaine Weltroth and Cheryl Underwood. The clip is everywhere, you guys. If you haven't seen it, I'm not going to do it justice. You really need to watch it. Basically, it starts off with Sharon seemingly emotional and basically telling Cheryl that she needs to explain and that she needs to educate Sharon about why this stuff is racist, what Pierce said that was specifically racist, and Cheryl, don't you dare cry because I'm the one that should be crying. Imagine... Imagine a white woman who did not have to insert herself into any sort of commentary, stick up for a man who has a history of racism and tell her black uh, colleague and alleged friend that she needs to educate her on why Pierce is racist and what he has said and done that is racist and then tells her, don't you dare cry because I'm the one should be crying. Cheryl Underwood deserves the Nobel Peace Prize for doing what Black women for centuries have had to do, which is to speak quietly and very gently so as not to come off as aggressive and basically explain to this woman at her senior age why what Pierce did was not okay. And then the backlash came. Thank God. Just a wave of backlash. Since then, Sharon has taken a book, a page, a chapter from every sort of like, I'm a victim book. Okay. So first, so this happened five days ago. The conversation that happened on the show happened four days ago. Two days ago, we got a, you know, a pink background iOS press release from Sharon Osborne, who says, after some reflection, after sitting with your comments and sitting with my heart, I would like to address the discussion on the talk this past Wednesday. I've always been embraced with so much love and support from the black community, and I have deep respect and love for the black community. To anyone of color that I offended and or anyone that feels confused or let down by what I said, I'm truly sorry. If I offended you, I'm sorry. Haven't we all learned that that's not an apology? Apparently not. Moving on. There are very few things that hurt my heart more than racism. So to feel associated with that spun me fast! Exclamation point. 
I'm not perfect. I'm still learning like the rest of us, and I will continue to listen, learn, and do better. Please hear me when I say I do not condone racism, misogyny, or bullying. I should have been more specific about that in my tweet. I will always support freedom of speech, but now I see how I unintentionally did not make that clear distinction. I hope we can collectively continue to learn from each other and from ourselves so that we can all continue to pave a way for much needed growth and change. The community on this platform means a lot to me. I hope we can all hold each other up with accountability, compassion, and love during this powerful time of paving the way for so much change. So then it came out that CBS had been launching an internal investigation into what happened on the show that several of the black and people of color staff members on the show feel very unsafe. They feel very uncomfortable being around Sharon and that they just don't really want to work with Sharon anymore. So then, gosh, one day later, there come articles about how, you know, so this is post-apology. Um, it comes out that Sharon felt blindsided with the questions about her tweet defending Pierce. She told the Variety magazine that I blame the network for what happened. I was blindsided, totally blindsided by the whole situation. In my 11 years, this was the first time I was not involved in the planning of the segment. So what she says happens is that eight minutes before the show began on Wednesday, showrunners called and asked her if it was okay if they talked about Morgan. So prior to the show, the showrunners communicated with her, specifically asking if they could talk about Pierce. She said, sure, they can ask me whatever. Okay. Then she goes on to say, but then I got there, I say my piece, and Cheryl turns around straight face, looks at me, and is reading from a card with questions. I was just so hurt, caught off guard, and stunned by what I was being asked and not prepared for. I was honestly in shock. I felt like I was in front of a firing squad. I felt like a lamb held out for slaughter. They had me there for 20 minutes, and when they went on break, Osborne says she begged them to stop to please change subjects. She goes on to say, I'm a big girl. I'm a professional. However, CBS blindsided me. I don't know why they did it to me. The showrunners told me it came from executives to do this to me. (laughs) So even though she apologized, and even though she fully admits that they had asked her prior. So it's not like they really blindsided her when they're asking you before she's trying to get off on the technicality of Cheryl was prepared to ask her these questions, but that she was not in on these meetings. To me, I don't really see why that matters when they ask you before rolling tape, if they could talk to you about it, you had the option to say no. So why you basically threw Cheryl under the bus are acting like there was some behind the scenes, um, like a tactical thing going on to keep you down. And this was the first time that you weren't prepared, but what did you think they were going like 
Did you think that they were just going to ask you these off the dome questions about Pierce? And if so, would that have really mattered? Does it matter that Sharon, that Cheryl had these questions on a card? If you already told them that it was fine to ask you the questions, wouldn't that suggest that there had been some prior planning and that they had been planning to ask specific questions? I, if I want to have a conversation with somebody and I ask them, can we talk? Wouldn't the assumption be that I had things prepared to talk about? Would it, what does that matter? If you would, you're upset because you didn't see the cards first. Why didn't you ask for the cards then? Why didn't you say, what are you going to ask me? Why would you say, sure, okay, they can ask me whatever. Verbatim, this is what you said. (laughs) And now you want to act like you were caught off guard. So now it's Cheryl's fault. Now everybody's going behind. The whole network is gone behind the scenes to apologize. I did not see an apology to Cheryl. You apologize to the people of color who may have been offended or to anyone that might be confused by what she said. You're saying that what you said, like there was confusion and maybe people didn't interpret correctly your words. And I, you know, I I just, uh, you know, I should have been more specific and it, conversation about freedom of speech while also condemning racism, bullying and misogyny. No, no. So then years ago, Holly Robinson, Pete and Leah Remini were on the talk. They were also part of the panel. They had gotten fired, I believe, if not season one, then very early on. Holly has said that she believes that Sharon called her ghetto and uh, and also accused her of getting fired, getting her and Leah fired from the talk. So what she decides to do, Sharon, is supposed to tweet and says, in response to Holly Robinson Pete's accusation of me getting her fired from the talk, I am sharing an email sent to me from Holly one month after she was let go by CBS. As I have stated before, I have never had the ability slash authority to get anyone fired from the talk. So this is an email from Holly to Sharon. Hi, Sharon. Hope you're enjoying your time off. Miss you madly. I called you a few times, but I haven't heard back from you since the show aired. This was September 19th of 2011. I've heard that you, like everyone else at the talk, are under some gag order. A few brave souls have called me to wish me well and tell me the show is like a communist state where we're all paralyzed in fear of the wrath of Julie, Julie Chen Moonface, Les's wife, right? Host of Big Brother. So then, you know, it seems like Holly, you know, I don't really want to read the whole thing, but it was basically like, you know, I, she's saying that she really doesn't trust uh julie because she's married to the head of cbs at the time and telling sharon like i know you're in a tough spot i know you know i'd be lying if i said it didn't sting that you haven't returned any of my calls but i get it and then she says naturally leah remini is very angry and believes that you turned and are not true to your word about your feelings toward julie so basically i don't know what sharon thought (laughs) 
she was exposing of Holly, but you've been for days now wrapped up in some pretty racist accusations. So to post this email in which Holly says on more than one occasion that Sharon, you stopped talking to her, that you've basically ghosted her. Um, I don't see what this proves. It, it doesn't prove what she thinks she does. I see in this email, Holly really trying to go above and beyond to justify Sharon. Who's to say that Holly, I mean, I, I think it's been reported that months later after sending that email, Holly found out about uh, Sharon calling her ghetto. Um, Sharon says never in her life did she utter those words that Holly was too ghetto to be on the talk and she also says that she did not have her fired. I mean, people have really been pulling out receipts of um, Sharon talking about Meghan Markle from years ago, saying that she's not really black because she doesn't look black. And the black um, co-hosts, I don't have the video up, so I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was also Cheryl saying, no, she's black. And she's like, oh, well, she she ain't black. She doesn't look black. Um it's just, ugh, she can choke. She, Sharon Osborne can choke. And I just like, I, I don't like having to talk about this stuff because, you know, it's like, when will these people understand that you don't like being called racist? I can't imagine anybody would. But also, black people, people of color, don't like calling people racist because you know what that means? It means that you don't, believe in my humanity you don't believe that i deserve the things that you do it doesn't bring any black person or any person of color pleasure to call someone a racist it's not fun as much as you don't like it we don't like it either but that is an ugly truth and so if you are being called racist the best thing to do would be to not get overly defensive and yell at them and tell them that they shouldn't be crying and that you should be the one who's crying and that you didn't do these things. And the ideal thing to do would be to listen. You know who gets overly defensive at being called racist? Racists. Okay. Let's move on to the Kardashian corner since we're about to um, gear up for the final 20th season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Some things have never changed. Some things will never change. Um, mm. Let's start with Kim. Let's start with Kim and Kanye. There's really not a whole lot to talk about other than the fact of the news coming out where um, it has come out that Kanye has basically <laughs> stopped speaking to Kim to the point where he has, she does not have his phone number um, that they, if she needs to speak to him, she can speak to security. Apparently this has been happening for months now. They have not communicated. He has no interest in talking to her and see you later. Bye. Um, the, I mean, that's really it. I think it's funny. I can't really express why I think that's funny, but listen, you guys know that I'm not well, okay? Um, moving on to Chloe. You guys know, famously, Chloe has blocked me from Instagram, okay? Not 
my personal Instagram, but the everyone's business, but mine Instagram, I, I really don't know what it is that I have done to her because you guys, I have my own Pierce Morgan story. And I remembered after all this stuff came about that back when Lamar had his major health scare, his brush with death, um, by overdosing in that Reno cheap, weird hotel room in that brothel, um, Pierce had a lot of opinions about how Chloe and the family were milking this situation for PR, for publicity, for sympathy. And I defended, I defended her to Pierce Morgan and we got into it. Let me find this tweet, y'all. So... What happened was that he wrote this article in 2015 called, and the title is it called, the title of it is Lamar just couldn't keep up with the Kardashians. Basically in it, he points a finger at the family and their jobs as reality stars to um, say that it was a catalyst basically for his relapse and his drug issues. Fuck him. Okay. Fuck him. (laughs) So, because I'll be damned, like, I don't want to have to defend the Kardashians, you guys, but what I do want to say is that these men choose their own paths. They're doing their own thing. And to act like a man who has had a history of abuse and loss and substance abuse is somehow relapsing because of Chloe, a woman that he wasn't even married to at the time. Well, not technically, you know... A woman that he was actively separated from at the time. Come on. Come on, man. Let's let's stop. Where am I going with this? Oh, Chloe. Okay. So I feel like I should be unblocked because I defended Chloe t- against this monster. Everything has a thread, you guys. Everything has a web. All roads lead back to that evil Pierce Morgan. Okay? And that's a lesson we can all learn. So just block him. Just block him. So Chloe, Tristan's birthday was yesterday. Of course he has to be a Pisces, right? Chloe, and yes, I did have to look through another account because I'm blocked. Chloe posted in a very strange font that I didn't even know that you could do different fonts on Instagram. But here we are. Several pictures of... Uh, Chloe and Tristan and True, the caption, the ones that are meant to be are the ones who go through everything that is designed to tear them apart and they come out even stronger than they were before. Thank you for showing me everything that you said you would, for the father you are, for the best friend I have in you. I'm thankful that I can do absolutely nothing with you and it feels like everything. I hope you know today and every day how loved you are by me and so many Happy birthday, TT. Welcome to 30. I can't wait for all the memories. This is when life just starts getting good. First of all, I think all of us were very shocked <laughs> to learn that this man is just now turning 30. Um, secondly, I, you know what? She could just keep me blocked. Like, I, you know, like I can't. I can't with her. If you want to remain in the throes of this Jamaican dick, that's your choice. You know, you wouldn't be the first one. You're certainly not going to be the last. Okay. Um, girl, (laughs) 
with that being said, it's like I saw a preview for for Keeping Up and Chloe, there was a short clip in which Chloe was like, oh, I posted a picture of Tristan or she did something involving Tristan. And she was just absolutely shocked that people had opinions on her relationship. And it's like, ma'am, ma'am, do we remember what happened two years ago and how you were popping the fuck off on uh, Jordan? And now you just want to be surprised that people are shocked that you are still choosing to be with this man who played the fuck out of you in every possible way in public. <sighs> okay. I'm, I'm getting a headache. Um, what else? What else? Oh, JLo and A-Rod, you guys, what a whirlwind they put us through. I just have to say she's short. You know, I do, we can, and everybody has cracked jokes all day about the Madison LaCroix from Southern Charm of it all. I, you know, I feel like A-Rod sticks his penis wherever he feels like it. I feel like the same thing of Jeter. Do I know what the difference is between A-Rod and Jeter? No, it takes me a couple seconds to realize, like, okay, that's not the one that I think it is. Like, I I, you, I don't baseball, you guys. I don't do it. I don't know, you know? Um, what I did find interesting is that TMZ reported initially on Friday that they did not know what was happening with the the reason for the breakup and that they had broken up that day to me warning bells in my mind went off because I'm thinking when is the last time that we heard of a couple like an A-list couple like them even a D-list couple breaking up and we get the news of that breakup the same day usually it's like Oh, we broke up a week ago. They have the time to do the joint statement and to tell us slash lie to us about how, oh, we're remaining the best of friends and we're doing the, you know, we committed to raising our child and we're so good and we're going to co-parent and I know they don't have children, but you know what I mean? Like the same template for a celebrity breakup they're talking about how like it just didn't work and how good of friends they are because you know famously celebrities are always great friends after they break up the thing that I found interesting is that how quickly the news came out and that to me said and signaled mess so then I wake up out of my slumber on a Saturday to find out that they have officially announced to people that they're back together or that they never really broke up. But there was a conversation that was had and it got heated, but they're actively working on trying to make their relationship and try to stay together. And I just want to know what happened. What happened that pushed them to the limit to where that shit came out within hours of the breakup? Who, who said it? Who let it out? Who let the dogs out? Who? Who, who? Okay. I gotta go, you guys. I'm just talking. <laughs> the rest of the episode is a very fun recap of the latest episode of Summer House. One of the best episodes of Summer House, I think we all agree. Wow. It has people getting hit in the balls. It has heart. It has love. It has lies. It has betrayal. It has people leaving it has feminist moments it has anti-feminist moments and they really just gave us everything so enjoy that 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. I love you. Bye. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And he did it in a PowerPoint. I I don't even know what to do with that, honestly. How many slides is this? Um, it's eight. Eight slides. Potential solutions. Oh my God, there's graphics too. To a healthy relationship. Okay, so some of these are in bold. Intimacy and open communication, partnership and commitment, support and affirmation, signs of an unhealthy relationship, and this is where the graphics come in. Poor communication, unresolved conflicts, insufficient amount of time together, rules for listening. Lindsay wants a grand gesture and he delivers a PowerPoint. A PowerPoint? to a woman who's been dating for a year about their relationship. No, that's not romantic. That is work. Um, you guys, uh, Summer House is really killing it. Not more this season than I think this current episode was probably the best one of the season so far in an already pretty solid season. So join with me to talk about the latest episode of Summer House. Sam, hello. How are you? I'm good, girl. How are you? I'm good. I have to admit that you did in everyone's business but mine first. Um, you were the first one of my guests who had a stipulation upon recording. And your stipulation was that you are free to talk about Hannah however you please. To which I said, <laughs> absolutely do what you have to do. Oh, my God. Hey, Hannah. So... <laughs> You're free here. (laughs) (laughs) I just, you know, I just can't with Hannah. I'm really mad that she keeps making me defend white men. (laughs) I'm really annoyed about it. And during Women's Month, like, come on, girl. Honestly, I want to be on your side. I actually do. But you just don't make it easy whatsoever. So where do you... (sighs) I guess, tell everybody where you land on everybody. How are you feeling about Kyle this season, let's say? Okay. Um, Kyle has grown on me in a really weird way. And I didn't expect that to happen. Um, Like, I I see where he's coming from on a lot of things. I think that Kyle is an incredibly sensitive person. Yes. I think that he's a hard worker. And I think that he sees through Hannah's bullshit, similarly to me. So I kind of get where he's coming from on a lot of things. So, I could totally see why he would, he's a lot, like he's a lot as a person, but I, 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 I get him. <laughs> I, I fully agree with you. So where, where do you stand on, how are you feeling about Luke? Are you taking the things that we've learned about Luke, especially when it comes with Hannah, off camera into consideration when you think about Luke and Hannah or are you just judging by what we see on TV? Um I'm taking I'm taking both. You know, mm-hmm. there's like some things on camera that I've heard like off camera that I've heard about and have definitely kind of added to how I feel about it, but yeah. I mean at the beginning of the season to still hear this girl talking about Luke the way that she was, I was like, honey, <laughs> right, honey, you never, you never fucked him. 
let's have a, like let's have a talk here which is not to say that like sex is everything but but we have seen this man that's the thing we've seen this man go out of his way to fuck other girls yes you know mm-hmm. and i have to i sort of war- not I say this lightly because, listen, we've all been there. I like every, and I think why women are feeling so strongly about this is because we've all been there. Yeah. But I need people to think very carefully. And it's not about whether or not you've ever had a Luke, it's whether or not you've ever been a Hannah. Mm. Wow. And I know that it hurts. It really hurts (laughs) because I had to think about it too. I was like, Yo, I was like, but I've been, like, I'm going to be real with myself. I've been a Hannah. I've been, like, I've done that. Like, I've really made things out to be, like, maybe a little bit more than, like, what it needed to be and kind of taken on this unrealistic expectation of a relationship. And it's, it's not just, it's not just Luke. Like, it's also her. And so, you know, she's... But she's weaponizing in a lot of ways her what I see is like white women tears mm-hmm. to make to make it all about her and you know making Luke the ultimate like white devil to <laughs> to making like putting Sierra in just like a really weird and bad position because like what is Sierra supposed to say about this as this as the new girl as like this cute black girl that comes in and like this white girl is basically trying to compete with her and she did not enter a random ass summer house for that. And it's all just very strange. It feels like the only person who's picking up on that is Kyle. Exactly. The manipulation that uh, Hannah's inflicting on Sierra. Um, Mm -hmm. It's, it's very, very interesting. Gosh, how, I, the thing that I struggle with most, or the person I struggle with most, I would say, is Paige, because mm. she performs really well on the show. But she does. Her offline podcast behavior is really indefensible and reprehensible. Yeah. yeah. I struggle with that. Yeah, me too. Because I, I think that she's playing, if it weren't for that if it weren't for that whole Bridgerton incident, I think that I would still be all good with Paige because the way that she is playing it this season, she's doing a really good job of not making herself seem like a Hannah, like Sinkafant and like, and calling her out on her shit and stuff like that. And being really good to, you know, tell Hannah when she's messing up and being there for Amanda and forming a nice bond with Sierra. Like she's, she's doing good and she's, kind of like our narrator in Greek course in a lot of ways. But then you remember that stuff and you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> like if it hadn't been for everything else, then, you know, Paige would, Paige would be on the up and up with me. I know. Didn't we almost have it all with her? Almost. Because I do like her <laughs> on the show, but. Shame. Because I feel like I would really like her in person. Like if we were to meet. Mm-hmm. I feel like I we would really get along easily. And so that's very annoying for me. But I also don't talk to women who are really like under, like how old is she? <laughs> <laughs> I know women her age, so I guess it's not really a problem for me. <laughs> but, oh, God. Oh, that's a good question. She's like, tw- what is she, 28? 
27, something like that. She's like late 20s. I think of her as like 25. She might be. She feels young to me. Yeah, she feels young to me. I I just can't remember if she is that young. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, let's talk about the episode. So we are not even, we're like on episode two of a not even 24 hour cycle. <laughs> like, <laughs> What a long day it's been. Just the tragedy of what happened with Carl and his brother. Mm-hmm. And we're not even, it's 924. <laughs> <laughs> happened that day. <laughs> that was too much. Oh my gosh. Luke and Kyle are watching Steven drive away on that Uber. Lindsay is still none the wiser that he's actually packed up and left. She's talking to Danielle, crying in her bedroom about how important her birthday is. And, you know, like, I just want to celebrate and end this day the right way. Carl has left. Steven has left. What are your thoughts on Steven? (laughs) Um, This is a hard one for me. I actually, like, I rewatched the episode this morning because it was like, I know how I feel about like the Hannah and Luke and Kyle of it all. I just don't, I don't really know how I feel about Stephen and Lindsay. And yeah, like he's, he seems fine. I can see why it would be annoying that he's working all the time. (laughs) Like on a Saturday, like a Sunday afternoon, you're like on the computer and all that stuff. I can see why that would be like, uh, but Maybe that just means that you guys need to have, like, a conversation about your schedules and all that stuff. Like, I don't know. So, like, I know that Lindsay is unreasonable. I'm not going to say that she's not unreasonable. She's super unreasonable. She's also one of the few white girls that I wouldn't really mess with. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) so... I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to die. I'm not trying to get her activated. <laughs> I find her absolutely just light. And I find her amazing because she's like a specific brand of um, crazy white woman that I just love. And I, mm-hmm. I hold them dear to my heart. Like I genuinely think that she's amazing. <laughs> I like watching her and I like all of her actions, even though they are completely unreasonable and Mm. the higher standards of anybody I've ever met in my life, especially for a woman in her mid thirties who desperately wants to have a baby. Like as soon as possible, she also has the highest standards and I love to see it. I love to watch it. I just love to see her thrive. I um, kind of relate to her on that. So I can't, I can't knock her for having high standards. I too have high standards. So yeah, yeah. I'll probably never get married. So, I mean, there you go. Would you rather be perpetually single or have these like high exhilaration relationships like Lindsay? I would rather be perpetually single, actually. <laughs> I just, like, I think that my, like, my personality doesn't bode well for those kinds of relationships because I would, pro- like, it, it would just be too, it would tire me out <laughs> within, like, a week. I agree. And I feel like she's not even, like, 
let's be honest. Like, I feel like she's not even getting good dick out of this. And mm-hmm. I mean, she clearly loves being fingered, and like, you can do that on your own. You don't yeah, need yeah. a man. <laughs> you don't need a man for that. <laughs> it's got a good vibrator too, like a really good one, and she'll just be like Stephen Who. Get a Lilo, sis, and see what happens. Yeah. Your whole world around. Honestly, uh, do it yourself, girl. <laughs> Paige and Amanda are on the couch, and Paige was like, oh, shit, I completely forgot that it's actually Lindsay's birthday. Whatever happened must have been really fucked up for him to just leave and move out on her birthday. Um, (laughs) It's, I mean, my gosh, it's like, everybody's confused. Kyle. Oh, Kyle. (laughs) This was the greatest moment of television. (laughs) I actually was like, oh, buddy. He is red-faced and crying. He's like, this is the worst day ever. He's putting his head in Amanda's lap. And they're like, what's wrong? Kyle, what's going on? And he's like, you know, I just feel like Steven's such a good guy. And I just feel so bad. (laughs) That is not the direction I thought he was going. And Sam, I laughed so hard. (laughs) I did too, actually. I was like... Kyle, this is actually, like, I actually, and this is why I feel like he's grown on me in a weird way. Because, I mean, we all know, it wasn't just Lindsay. It was, like, the entire day of, like, Carl and what happened with his brother. And then this stress. And he was like, I just hate to see, like, my people hurting like this. Because he's so sensitive, and you can actually tell that he, like, he loves Lindsay. He loves Carl, so it was just all coming out in, like, one go. He loves Stravi, and I don't even think Lindsay loves Stravi. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. That's true. Is Kyle an ass? Like, what's going on? He's literally feeling the weight of the world on on his tiny sunburned shoulders, the poor guy. Oh, Not my. even some lover boy can fix it. <laughs> Not another can of that 3.4% ABV spritzer. Okay, speaking of that, I actually found it at my local Acme. Okay. And I was shook. I was shook. And I was like, you know what? I think that I have to buy some. And I think that I have to try it. Okay. So I got the white tea peach. Okay. And... I am really angry to say that it slaps. Really? It's good. Is that the spritzer or is that just the hard tea? The hard tea. Okay. It's good. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm really annoyed that it's good. Um, I've heard spritzers are where it's at. Oh, the spritzers. I like the tea because it does, it's not, it's not fake sweet. Because it doesn't, like it says, it doesn't have any sugar in it, but it doesn't have that fake sweetness to it. Um, Like a nice little like hint of like peachiness. Because I actually like, I like white tea and Mm -hmm. I like peach. So it was like the perfect flavor for me in that sense. It's very drinkable. Once you get it like ice cold, it's so good. And Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's very easy to drink. I brought some to a friend yesterday and we drank it on her porch and she too, another summer house watcher was like, okay, I'm really pissed. Like, this is good. <laughs> I wasn't expecting this. Uh, well, damn. Cause I had to find it. 
I'm like trying not to go to Whole Foods these days because it's just like too many people. So mm-hmm. I found a bodega that sells. Well, it's really more like a like a smoke slash liquor, not liquor because they don't sell liquor in stores, but um, you know, like a beer place, and they were sold out. Could not find oh. it. So yeah. That distribution storyline must be true because I could not find it. It must be. Yeah, because I went back to act because I got this like a few days ago, I want to say on, oh, like Tuesday. And I went back yesterday because I was like, oh, maybe I can like bring more to my friends before I went to go see her. And they were out. So within the span of a few days, they were out. Oh, wow. Gosh, I mean, I would say, like, Kyle, I want you to talk to Bethany, but I don't want anybody to talk to Bethany anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, there we are. Absolutely not. Please. She can't. Don't let her near Carl, like Kyle and Carl and Amanda. Those sweet Definitely. summer children. Oh, God. I'm nowhere near Carl Radke, my husband, my lover. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh, gosh. So Sierra does the one thing that I find absolutely relatable is she calls her friend who's not in the house to gossip yep. about being in the house. <laughs> yep, because I would have been straight up on the phone. Right. I'll be like, listen to what these crazy white people are doing, yo. Her friend Shannon was so invested. <laughs> like, oh, he left? What is going on? <laughs> I would have been mad loud about it, too. I would have been like, yo, these crazy people are doing. And I just would I would have been really unapologetic about that. <laughs> um, Luke is strumming some horrible song on his bed. <clears throat> All by himself. <laughs> so, Those scenes kind of cracked me up. I was like, what is what is this, honey? <laughs> uh, I feel like Amanda, poor Amanda. I'm a hashtag Batula hoop. I love Amanda. And <laughs> I I just feel bad for her being like, I'm going to make up with Hannah because I just can't be bothered with fighting with people, even at the expense of my own self-worth. And I just, I just feel for her. She's very stuck in the middle. How do you feel about Amanda? I like Amanda. Yeah. I've gone, she's another one that I've gone back and forth about over the years Hmm. but I think that this season I feel like this season is showing everybody for who they really are in a lot of ways because they're stuck there 24 7 yeah and there's not quite a way for them to um you know really control how they're acting for like a 36 hour basis that they usually would Mm -hmm. so with Amanda she is she is very loyal. Very. And I appreciate that about people. I'm like, I'm really about that loyalty. And sh- and the thing is, Amanda was right last season. Like, she was right about Luke. And maybe, and maybe last season I was annoyed with her in the sense that, like, you know, Hannah needed to figure that out on her own. And Hannah needed to see it for what it was on her own. Yeah. But... Then now we've seen that Hannah's just an idiot and isn't going to learn it on her own. And so she should have just listened to Amanda in the first place. And now I can see that really Amanda is just a good friend and a good girlfriend and 
just trying to have like a peaceful harmonious you know bringing together of her people and they just won't let her have it (laughs) i feel bad for her and also her boobs are amazing uh, i mean her body infuriates me it's sick it's sick it's like i like i want to motorboat her respectfully I just like you know, like I she's so hot. She's so hot and like good for her. Good yeah. for her. Um she yeah, I mean I feel like she's playing this like being stuck in the middle situation perfectly and gracefully, even though I think it's kind of not really benefiting her because mm-hmm. the other two are being dicks about it. Hannah especially. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I mean, she's just a good woman. She's just yeah. trying. I've heard from several people who have met her that she is lovely and that she's even better looking in person, which is annoying. <laughs> of course she is. Of, um, course she is. of course. So what happens? Okay, so she goes, you know, like, I don't know, they're trying to figure this out. And Amanda's like, you know, I'm a pushover. And I don't know. Kyle's like trying to apologize and uh, to Lindsay. He's still upset. Steer- <laughs> yeah. Screaming down his face. He's like, I'm sorry. And Lindsay's like, what are you apologizing for? And he's like, well, cause Steven just left in the Uber. And Lindsay does not miss a beat. It was her face was, was chilling. Like- <laughs> and she was like, well, that's his prerogative. Like, she looks Kyle dead in his face and is like, well, if he wants to leave, he wants to leave. Am I supposed to cry about it? <laughs> like, well, damn. I have to kind of stand in that moment because a man ain't going to make me cry on my birthday. Forced to stand. My goodness. She's like, <laughs> Anybody who leaves me on my birthday is pathetic. And <laughs> I want to uh, enjoy the last few minutes of my motherfucking birthday. So everybody on board with that, let's get some shots. I mean... Just uh, iconic, but uh, just absolutely iconic behavior. I I really love that for her. <clears throat> it was peak. It was peak Leo behavior, and Seriously. yeah. And as a Leo, so I'm a Leo, but I I've struggled with that over the years because whenever I would read horoscopes, whenever I would read anything, I would be like, this is not like I don't relate. <laughs> I don't relate to this at all. But um, but the way my birthday works, I'm kind of a cancer cusp. So that kind of explains why. But when it comes to my birthday, I too am very, like, I'm very serious about it. You know, like if you, like, I'm not to the level of petty where I keep score of who, you know, said happy birthday to me on what platforms and then that will determine whether I say happy birthday to them on their birthdays. Like I'm not that petty yet, uh-huh. but I definitely like, I definitely keep it in mind. I'm like, Oh, like I ain't here from you. Or like what? you, you totally like ghosted out on these plans and et cetera, et cetera. So I, you know, I take my birthday seriously. So I, I feel her like I ain't crying over you on my birthday. Yeah. Sir. Please. Uh, how would you react to a plate of room temperature fish and chips at, as your birthday dinner? <laughs> um, 
I probably would have reacted worse than Lindsay because I don't like fish and chips. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I would have been like, oh, oh, okay. Like I, mean, I wouldn't have been. I just they, I wouldn't have been down with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay, so then Sierra shows her friend Shannon the flowers that she got from Luke. And she's like, you know, in a confessional, she says, the flowers are nice, but I just need to make sure that Luke knows that we're strictly platonic. Because <laughs> if he thinks that there's an in, he will run with it. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know, when it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash everyone's business. Do you find Luke attractive? I used to. Yeah. I used to. I, like, last year, like, last season, I was like, listen, I get why Hannah's like, let me try and smash. I totally understood, because Homeboy was hot, but I don't know how we went through such a 180 (laughs) within a year. I don't understand how that happened. It's he's making a lot of choices and all of them are wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so gosh, okay, so I, what happened after this? Kyle says he's trying to like figure out what this deal is. Like, he is sort of like if Lindsay's kind of in between Hannah and Kyle, Kyle's sort of in between Lindsay and Stravi. Like, he's trying to advocate for Stravi and. Amanda or uh, Lindsay's trying to say, you know, I feel like he does try. I feel like Steven does try, but his version of trying is on an elementary school level. And Kyle, <laughs> like, well, from my perspective, I just feel like he was just trying to make you happy. Mm-hmm. I feel like 
Paige had a great point. Like, you know how important her birthday is. You're in marketing. You're in the hospitality field. How did you fumble the ball so so badly? How did you do that? <laughs> he was on the right track. That's the thing. Like, he, you know, setting up, like, a little romantic, little, you know, atmosphere and aesthetic outside. <clears throat> it was. I think it was really just the food. Like, the food wasn't really as thought out. I think he was trying to be, he was trying to be sentimental. Yeah. And that wasn't going to appeal to Lindsay, necessarily. Yeah. I mean, I think his fatal mistake was saying that I have been working on this all week. You know, (laughs) she's working on what? Finding the listing on Grubhub? Like, what do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) People should not put, like a timestamp on how hard they've been working on a gift because that's, you're setting yourself yeah. up clear. Yeah. That's also just not what I want to hear. Cause like, I don't want to hear that something that you did for me was in any way. I don't want to hear you talking about it as if it was some sort of burden to you. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's a terrible thing to say to a Leo because we would just be like, well then fuck you, dude. Like, <laughs> I didn't ask you to do all this. I didn't ask you to, and you didn't have to. Mm-hmm. I love it, but, you know, to try and guilt me for you basically trying to spoil me with gifts and quality time and things like that, it's just, that's not going to appeal to me. Yeah. I mean, it was clear that she was expecting a ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. But I kind of feel like, even if he had proposed to her that night, she still, I still think it would have gone the same way. She might have said no. She might have been like, really? This is, this is the proposal? Yeah. This- <laughs> exactly. Like, did you really want him to propose to you at the summer house? That's what I keep thinking. Like, <laughs> <laughs> manage our expectations of what this looks like. Are you going to look back and say, um, Daddy Stravi? went down on one knee next to a pool that, you know, somebody, you know, Hannah probably peed in several times earlier that day, you know, (laughs) (laughs) like let's, let's really think about what we want here. Um, So this episode, we get a lot of Danielle, which is a surprise. I feel like we've seen more of Danielle this episode than we have in the past three seasons. So true. So true. I'm not mad at it. I feel like. Me neither. You know, I feel like she's a real non-factor. Honestly, if she had left, like, next episode, I'd be like, oh. I'd probably think about it, like, three episodes later. Oh, Danielle is gone, isn't she? But I feel like she's taking her claim now, and I'm liking it. I like the conversation she was having with Sierra about colorism and being in the workplace and their hair and all Mm -hmm. of that. I thought that was really important. And now we're getting, they're trying to sow the seeds of these new relationships, both with Danielle and the chef guy and old Kyle, AKA Des, the guy that Hannah is now engaged to. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing. I, I, 
I feel like Hannah has come out this week or the past couple weeks by saying, you know, because everybody caught on to the timeline where Hannah had said, oh, I met this guy in July and then they entered the summer house in August. And, you know, it just feels like like Carl said that he felt like there was an overlap between Luke and Des. And she's really trying to play defense and say that that is not the case. And I call bullshit. Mm-hmm. I call it absolute bullshit on that. What do you think? I think that she... Well, not her. I think Des should be embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just, I just wonder if he's truly evaluated his choices on a deep level mm-hmm. after watching this season. And... So I I don't even think I realized that he was going to be there, that he was going to be showing up at the house. And with that in mind, too, it's like, wow, you even stepped into this space. Yeah. You saw the guy that she's been, like, messing with for this whole year. And you also saw the guy that she's been fighting with, who basically looks like a younger version of you. Mm -hmm. And you didn't say to yourself... Maybe I need to like, maybe maybe not. <laughs> you said I, let me go ahead anyway. You said let me marry this girl. Okay, all right. Choices, real choices being made here. So I feel like he is trying to act like he doesn't want to be a fame whore and that he doesn't want this, but he absolutely does because last week he and a man or Hannah did a joint interview for Us Weekly. Mm-hmm. They asked him. You know, how would you feel about joining the house full time? And he really tried to play coy and be like, oh, I don't know. Like, I really like I think he said something about how he does charity work or he works in some like field that I guess he feels like is above the summer house um, cast members station. But I'm also like, OK, but you're also a comedian, quote unquote. <laughs> Even though I've never heard of you before. Never heard of you before. Never. But so why is he trying to act like he's this like, oh, big, serious businessman when you're doing IG jokes every day? Like, give it up, delicious. (laughs) Bullshit. Absolute bullshit. Um... Okay, so then what happens? So Amanda apologizes to Hannah for throwing the rosé, and Hannah apologizes for being rude and mean, and then Amanda goes back and tells Kyle, you know, we made up and she kind of tries to nudge him into resolving things with Hannah on his own. And he's like, no, nope, not going to do it. Still ready to lose my shit. I am, I have to say, like, I am fully on Kyle's side when it comes to this. Like, there was no reason for Hannah to bring up their relationship in a fight about taking out garbage. Mm-hmm. Like there was yeah. no for that, and even if Kyle pops off, that doesn't mean that you just say whatever the hell you want because you want to be right, right? <clears throat> and because you want to, you want to one up him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think that Kyle was being Kyle was being actually real chill in that fight, and he was trying to not make it about one person. 
really yeah. who mentioned Hannah's name. I'm pretty sure it wasn't even Kyle. I'm pretty sure it was Lindsay. Like, I'm pretty sure it was Lindsay that said mm-hmm. that was a little bit more direct about who hasn't been contributing. And yeah. then Hannah popped off. But she really directed her ire towards Kyle. And <clears throat> where that comes from, I'm not totally... I'm not totally sure. But it's weird that when... And this is a pattern that she does where, because you see it in this episode too, where she brings up something and like everybody, it's like that Candy, Portia, and Kenya gym, like, who said that? Like every time she'd be saying, I'm like, who said that? (laughs) Nobody said that. Yeah. I, I feel like she knows not to step to Lindsay because she knows she can't win. But I feel like when she goes after Kyle, she thinks that she can be like, oh, because he's a man that I can cry and play victim and act like he's being so horrible to me, even though I started it by mm-hmm. about your relationship and your, you know, your relationship with your fiance. I, I, yeah, I just feel like she just knows not to go there with Lindsay. Yeah. Because. We saw that fight between her and Lindsay in the beginning. She, like, kind of popped off, but then she took her aside and had that one-on-one conversation away from everybody. Mm-hmm. And I think she doesn't respect Kyle, but I, I also feel like she doesn't fear him either. And she knows how she can play him. Right. Which I don't, I just don't love that. Because, like I said, she's using the you know, as we know, like, white girl tears to kind of keep fueling this argument as if, like, every man in the house who steps to her is yelling at her and is trying to make her a victim and is trying to control her. And it's just weird because I'm going to be honest. Sorry if it makes me a bad feminist or something, but Luke didn't yell at her in their arguments. Like, that wasn't really yelling. (laughs) It just, I was... I, d- I was just kind of, like, watching that conversation, just kind of, like, what do you mean, like, you're yelling at him? Like, you're kind of, ye- like, I don't, what? Like, you're both yelling at each other? This is how you have, like, an argument, I guess. But, and, and maybe that's because I grew up with brothers. And so my brothers and I have been yelling at each other since I was, like, three years old and I was a little shit. So, like, I'm just kind of used to it. But I don't know. I just don't really... I don't really get her side of it. And it reminds me of the fact that she, I'm pretty sure she doesn't have siblings. Like, is she an only child? I think so. Yeah, like, she's an only child. I don't think she, like, she doesn't really have roommates either, does she? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, it doesn't feel like she has roommates. So really what this is, is that it's not about people yelling at Hannah and trying to control her and trying to make her a victim in some sort of way. It's not about men doing that. It's honestly that Hannah doesn't really have the emotional intelligence to have a conversation. She doesn't really know how to accept other people's perspectives. And when you have somebody that is not really accepting your perspective, you will eventually pop off. Like, mm-hmm. so, like eventually you will. And we're all we're all capable of that. So I just don't really buy the notion that these men are kind of scummy for 
the way that they interact with her in those ways. Like, I just, it just doesn't really, like, it just doesn't really bring up anything for me in that sense. And maybe it's just because of my own experiences. And I'm just like, that's not really yelling, y'all. Like, <laughs> that could have been, that could have been something else, but it wasn't. So. I mean, there's a difference between having, a, like, a passionate, elevated tone conversation and mm-hmm. being, like, being yelled at to me denotes being, like, demeaned or spoken mm-hmm. down to. And I don't really yeah. think that's what he was trying to do. I think he was just trying to have his point heard. Heard. Yeah. Yeah. Because sometimes people don't, when you feel like somebody isn't hearing your point a lot of times, then you feel like you have to say it louder sometimes. Yeah. And then that's how it comes out. But if you're just saying, like, there's a difference of being yelled at because you're trying to make somebody understand that, like, the microwave isn't working (laughs) and that's why something isn't happening versus like you know them yelling at you and saying like you're a shitty person and you're the worst person in the world because you broke the microwave like there's there's a difference there totally oh lord so the next day we get Lindsay. she's on the phone with her friend yvonne who i guess is friends with stravi and she was like oh i talked to stravi and you know, he said he still loves you. What? Where do you stand, Lindsay? Are you guys done? And Lindsay starts talking about her abandonment issues and how Stephen knows that leaving was the worst thing that he could have possibly done because his, her mom left when she was young. And that's something that she has expressed to him. And wh- I don't, wh- how do you feel about that? Um, <clears throat> I like that... I like that Lindsay knows what her triggers are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, What I need her to get a little bit better at is having a better understanding of how to like work through those triggers in her mind. Cause I, I get it. Like your mom left you when you were a kid. And I think that it's, and I think that actually she's, she's really interesting to watch in that sense because, and she's always been interesting to watch because of this, because most of the time what you see in a lot of these reality TV characters is they talk about their dad leaving them, right? And their dad not being very present in their lives. But I think it's a totally different thing as a woman for your mom to not really be there and for her to leave you and what that sort of means like growing up in your womanhood without your mom to sort of guide you or to be that example for you. And thankfully she had her aunt to be that for her in a lot of ways, but it's not the same, you know? Yeah. And so what I would just love for her to do, and hopefully she go into therapy for that because we love therapy. And I don't think it's, I think at a certain point it can't be, like, well, you can't leave me because my mom left me. At yeah. a certain point, you can't you can't do that to people. You can recognize that your mom leaving you um, kind of creates this, you know, we would call it in, like, cognitive behavioral therapy, like, this, like, schema in your mind of, like, how your relationships are, like, kind of function that if, you know, people will leave me because of you know, the person that literally gave birth to me did, but you need to go through a process to learn how to combat that because it's not totally rational 
it just isn't. Yeah. So, um, so I love that she recognizes it, but she just hasn't taken the next steps to really get to the root of the root and learn how to work through it. Yeah, I agree. She's halfway there, our girl. Um, <laughs> so I just want to say, every time they show a shot of Sierra's bedroom, I like to do that, like, find something in the room thing, like you got from, like, a like a Highlights magazine when we used to go to the <laughs> back in the day. Like, yes. find one thing. And this time, I found a single roll of Scott tissue on the ground. Do you think that they're only providing one-ply toilet paper to these cast members at this point? Like... <laughs> Good catch. Imagine living in a house that expensive and having to use one ply toilet paper. On top of your oven not working. Right. (laughs) Like the The ghetto. ghetto. The ghetto. (laughs) Um, So then we get Aunt Rhonda. And she wants the whole tea from Lindsay. Somebody asked a great question on Twitter of, do we think that Aunt Rhonda is living vicariously through Lindsay? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, um, Lindsay tells Aunt Rhonda that, you know, I still haven't spoken to Stephen. Well, I hadn't spoken to Stephen. And then she gives us the whole thing. She's like, you know, I noticed that he deleted his Instagram post about my birthday, but then like clockwork, he called me a few days later and we see this whole montage of Lindsay in different outfits and different parts of the house talking to him on speakerphone. My favorite part, <laughs> of course, was when she was like, you know, it's like when I say something, it translates in the air to Italian, but you only speak Spanish. You <laughs> see, <laughs> <laughs> couple fights where you have to make these like wild analogies to try and prove your point it's like oh man this is where we're at this is where we're at (laughs) (laughs) what what a shame what an absolute shame then we see her getting a bunch of sunflowers and stravi left a card that said something about you know flowers represent new beginnings and blah 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 and Okay, okay. Um, I uh, I don't know. We we saw the uh, I forgot I mentioned this earlier, but we saw the scene of Lindsay or no, not Lindsay, Hannah and Des, and she's like I felt over explaining this whole timeline, and I wonder if she knew that people were talking about it when she filmed that confessional, or if she knew that she was gonna have to run defense and be like, oh, we only. Like, he slid into my DMs, but I didn't do anything because I didn't know where things were going to go with Luke. And I just feel like that is such bullshit. Yeah, I know. Bullshit. And I also noticed when she went out into the balcony to talk to him, like, why are you hiding, girl? Why are we Mm -hmm. having conversations? Is it because you don't want to know people to know that 72 hours ago? You were crying to everybody about how Luke has betrayed you, and now you're talking to <laughs> old Kyle, Kyle 2.0. Okay. okay, okay. We see you. We see you. Yeah. <laughs> I love the scenes where we see what the cast are doing all day, because 
editors are really trying to draw this line of delineation between like how hard Danielle is working and how Kyle's trying to get distribution and Danielle's talking about historical data and then we see Hannah Page in bed and Paige is talking about <laughs> some psychic that DM'd her <laughs> and told her that Perry wasn't the right man for her. But <laughs> yeah. like, let's be real here. I'd rather be in Paige's position. Like I would oh, want to talk yeah. to a psychic in the middle of the day with my pajamas on at one o'clock in the afternoon. Absolutely. <laughs> I want to like who I'm a Danielle, but I would love to be a Paige. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So then we get this like heartfelt scene where Sierra and Paige and Amanda are all by the pool and they're talking about their moms and Sierra starts talking about her father and the drama between she and him and how her parents got divorced and when her dad got remarried when she was 14, he basically kind of gave she and her sister an ultimatum. And when he didn't like what he heard, he uninvited them to the wedding. And she felt like her dad really chose the wife over them and how it really messed up, messed her up because that was like the integral high school period where she was dating and trying to figure out men and how her dad just wasn't there. And just really sad. Mm-hmm. Really nice to see her cry like that. Ugh. Imagine your dad marrying a pick me like that. Right. <laughs> uh, your kid doesn't like, so I'm going to like disinvite her from the wedding. Sir. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. How, how dare you? Could you imagine? I would be so pissed. I would be so pissed. Lame, lame shit, dude. Um, she's going to therapy now, so big up for that. Thank God for growth. We love I loved that. I loved how she talked about therapy a couple times in this episode. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Sierra, I see you. I you know, just as I was saying with Lindsay, like there's the complete opposite that she recognizes that like maybe she needs to not bring this baggage and use this as an excuse. You see what I mean? So like Lindsay needs to get to that Sierra level of recognizing this is my baggage that I bring in and it's a part of my story, but I don't need that to be the excuse as to why every single relationship doesn't work out. And I also love that in the moment she's sitting there in the confessional, like, shit, do I have bad taste in men? Because yeah. that's, that's a bitch that knows how to reflect and evaluate herself. Like, yeah. I appreciate it. Like, no, I don't have bad taste in men. Wait, do I? <laughs> <laughs> me. That is absolutely me. <laughs> it was so relatable. It was so relatable. <laughs> so then we get some more drama with Kyle and Hannah. I was a little bit confused about this. So Kyle's stressed the fuck out. He is at the brim and he is talking about like, I just want to send it. We're going to party tonight. Danielle's completely on board. They turn up the music. They're partying. And Paige sends a group text to everybody saying, there are a bunch of us in the house. We're watching Love Island. Um, Can you guys please be courteous and turn the music down? Kyle and Danielle are like, fuck no. Amanda immediately turns the music down. Like, didn't you get that text? And it starts a brawl. So kind of like 
Kyle's sort of doing the thing that Hannah was doing with Lindsay and Kyle, like where Paige is the one who started it, but Kyle only seems to be mad at Hannah, <laughs> even though she yeah. literally didn't say anything about it. Yeah. Um, I just, yeah, I, I thought that was very weird. He's like, you know, kind of weaponizing the fact that he works hard. Like some of us work hard in the house to be able to enjoy our weekends. It's not like we're not all podcasters and you know, whatever. Um, so later, <laughs> this was so funny seeing Lindsay, Kyle, and Danielle all talk about like drunkenly talk about how <laughs> they oh my are God, I <laughs> because they're able to get drunk, but they also help around with the house. And Kyle was like fully Gen Z, like millennials versus Gen Z, like those Gen Z <laughs> girls. Paige and Hannah and Sierra. I haven't seen Sierra wash a dish since she's been in here. And and fuck Hannah. And they don't do anything. Nobody does anything for them. And as Hannah's walking up the stairs, they immediately transition to working out conversations. <laughs> and <laughs> I was dying. I was like, this. Like we've all we've all done this. This is the most relatable shit. Like we've all done this. Where you just have to like pivot real quick. Real so quick. and then the um and then the yeah. card that he got me was like wow. <laughs> <laughs> like it don't make no sense. So so funny. Oh my he god. Was not fooled. Because it feels like, even though the house is big, it's designed very weird. And in a way where everybody can hear what everybody's saying and doing at all times. That's the sense I've been getting, that there's, like, a lot of echoing in the house. Yeah. And you can always hear everything. Yeah. Makes for the perfect reality TV house, because there are no secrets. (laughs) Love that for us. I'll be damned. They were talking about how Luke plays hockey with his closet door all day. I would lose my mind. <laughs> like, of course he does. But like, go outside, bro. What do you mean? <laughs> oh my god, you want to play Wayne Gretzky with? The... Get real. Get out. O- grow up. <laughs> problem is, you know what it is. The problem is that like some of them are so fucking bored. Like I. I wonder what, and and not in a judgmental way, but like, what does Luke do all day? What does Paige, what do Paige and Hannah do all day? Um, What do, what does Sierra do all day? Because, but I'm less concerned about Sierra because one girl was on the front lines. My girl can do whatever she wants. She don't have to do shit. I actually get why she's like not contributing to this household because like bitches I've been saving everybody from COVID and I'm going to be in my messy ass room not doing shit you're welcome (laughs) that room gives me so much anxiety like she was talking (laughs) at one point and I was trying to find her in the bed oh my god yeah she zoomed out and I was like oh she was in the closet the whole time like I was (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so then we get I mean the hits just keep coming with this episode the next day, we see Lindsay in the kitchen getting a text message from Steven that has a link to lns.pdf, and it says, like, our relationship or something on the cover, and Lindsay responds, thank you for this. 
I will review exclamation point. <laughs> so Danielle sits down with Lindsay to ask like what's going on with her and Stravi. And they both agree that, you know, now that there's been some time and space between her and Stravi, that Lindsay seems a lot more chill and less angry. And Lindsay's like, yeah, you know, it gives time to like for us to both really reassess what they want in this relationship. And also Steven texted me and I told him that, you know, now would be the time to think about what he wants and what I really need. And if he's capable of giving me those things. And Danielle's like, so you gave him a homework assignment. And Lizzie's like, yeah, absolutely. And he sent me back an eight, (laughs) an eight post uh, PowerPoint with eight slides. The PowerPoint, can we talk about this? I think that it's, you know, very important. First of all, I think you I think you know why I we both know why it's funny that he did a PowerPoint. It's very it funny that he did a PowerPoint. <laughs> it's it is like, did he do that for us? Like, did he do that for like a big audience? Oh Thank my god. You. If you know, you know. If um, you, you know. <laughs> So one of the slides, I tried to get a couple of the pictures of the slides. One of the slides, the most important one was called Potential Solutions. Oh my God, I loved this. Um, I wondered if he like went into color therapy in his themes and picked like, uh, you know, this like light grayish blue would be the most calming for the background uh, color. I Like, I just wonder how much research he went into this but so on the potential solutions one it has a list of what Lindsay can do and what Stephen can do so for Lindsay's to do's it's when Stephen expresses his feelings listen and acknowledge and support by not putting him down (laughs) a reasonable request just a reasonable (laughs) request Number two is praise him when he does things that you like slash want instead of making fun of or stating that it's not good enough. Number three, keep relationship issues private when in public setting. Try to tackle prior to going out or pull aside in moment to touch on. Um, Number four, look back at the last couple of weeks and see if you honestly feel like you set us up for success in this situation. That one did get me because that one, that was the one I looked at and I was like, I don't, like, what does he mean? I actually don't understand that one. Well, to me, I thought that was like, he was talking about like, she made him go into the summer house and he's like, really think about whether, whether that was a good idea for us. (laughs) I love it. The last was don't attack Steven in conversations. Okay, so Stephen's list of his own to-dos are, number one, carve out time before and after work outside of the summer house to connect with Lindsay. Examples, walking, getting coffee. (laughs) And then, if in same place during the workday, try to have lunch together. Um, Number two is stick with actually rotating date night each week and don't miss it no matter what. Number three is express more gratitude in the moment and via surprises to show Lindsay I see all the hard work she has done. Next one, continue expressing feelings like he has recently, since he is opening up now. (laughs) 
The next one is offer more help when it comes to laundry, planning meals, events, etc. So Lindsay doesn't feel alone. Agree to hit a reset button so we can move past resentment in the past and focus on the now slash future. Don't leave as it will trigger Lindsay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my God. Another slide that had a lot of graphics um, called signs of an unhealthy relationship. I loved that. I was like, okay. Poor communication, unresolved conflicts, insufficient amount of time together. And the graphics that he went along with it were like, so good. Two people fighting, two people talking to each other, two people grabbing at the um, hands of time, if you will. (laughs) He really thought about this. So I have to admit something. I would love this. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing would make me hornier. I like if a man just put on paper or on digital on a PowerPoint, every feeling he felt things that he thinks that he can do better things. He feels like I can do better. That would, I would truly be so happy. I would probably ask him to marry me. <laughs> I, the other women were absolutely horrified. How did you feel? Now, while first watching it, I was quite speechless. Mm-hmm. I didn't know how it to feel exactly. But after a little bit more thought, I appreciate that he found a creative way to spark discussion on healthy communication between the two of them. Yeah. (laughs) I will, like, I will say, like, is, is it unconventional? Is it a little weird? Yes. It's, it's a little weird. (laughs) I, I, you know, the nice little like pie charts and everything. But, um, One complaint about that pie chart was that there were no percentages. It was just a pie chart with words like accountability. Yeah. And And that's not the point. Yeah. (laughs) I agree, actually. That was, yeah, that was like my, I was like, uh, like, listen, dude, like I've done, like I work in research, like I've done a lot of like weird ass charts like these. That's not how you do it. (laughs) What story are we trying to tell with the pie chart like maybe we could have worked this out and you could have put percentages of what you think is contributing to the relationship like 50 percent of our issues are contributed by this like that would have yeah. really hit it home you know yeah i agree i agree i give i give the pie chart or the powerpoint uh, a b i give it a solid b yeah but yeah i mean personally like I, the, yeah, just the thought of a man putting down in writing on record everything that he For feels, the record. For the record. <laughs> we can go back to this. We can review mm-hmm. it later. And this is why I'm single, obviously. Like, I'm hearing myself now. And I, <laughs> um, and I recognize that. But personally, I would love it. I would absolutely love that. Um, Danielle is like, this is fucking weird. <laughs> Um, Lindsay keeps trying to advocate for Steven by saying like he's in marketing so this is how he thinks and it's like well I mean he's also a human being he's not a robot he's a mm-hmm. he speak from his mind um, Danielle says you know I love 
Lindsay, but I think that this relationship is going to be a project if she continues that Lindsay is going to continuously have to manage, like micromanage, and I just don't see how that's sustainable. <clears throat> Sometimes it takes your friends to put it in perspective because I actually totally see why she would say that. Because yeah. it's not like it's there's always going to be something where she feels like she needs to where she feels like she needs to make an edit. You uh-huh. know what I mean? It's like yeah. a continuous the continuous edits and it's just this ongoing project that she is just going to have to always manage Mm -hmm. and always be keeping an eye out for and that just sounds exhausting to me yeah I mean she if they make it seem like he's so much younger and I think he's only two years younger than her but (laughs) To have to have to ha- hold somebody's hand through your relationship to like continuously teach them what you need and what is enough is not fun. Mm. But in like, my mind, like, I, I'm reframing how I would like to be proposed to, and I really would like a PowerPoint. <laughs> Kara, <laughs> oh god, <laughs> love it! I would love it. um so then the the girls decide to have like a day party in the backyard and luke gets so excited he he sets up a system to bring the drinks down from the kitchen to the backyard and it was just very luke like it seemed (laughs) a good idea but the execution was lame and it was ultimately dissatisfying he you was know? so he was so excited. He's like, guys, it's like the VIP. It's like <laughs> use your VIP drinks. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Like, thanks for the thought. But then, like, I I get why because that house is constructed very strange. Just there, it's weird. So I understand, but then somebody still has to come downstairs back to the pool area so like if it was a bunch of you know if there were a bunch of you that weren't you know gonna be down there with them and you're just gonna be in the kitchen or like in the house and you just drop them down some drinks that's brilliant but like okay (laughs) (laughs) so kyle's like in a petty mood right and he's still hot from the fact that Paige told them to put the music down so he's like from the balcony like oh you guys better um keep the music down better not turn it up too loud (laughs) Hannah Paige and I keep saying Paige Paige and Hannah yell at him like to stop being so passive aggressive and Hannah keeps playing the victim She keeps whispering to Amanda, like, I really do want to be friends with Kyle, but, like, you know, the only issues that we have with each other are because of Kyle. And she's really trying to sow the seeds. And you could tell that Amanda is just over it. She is not here, Hannah's shit anymore. And she's like, you know, Amanda's, or Kyle's trying to be protective of me. And I'm emotionally drained of trying to be in the middle of you. But, you know, she's like, you can't be my friend this way because I'm going to marry this guy Mm -hmm. and you can't fight with the person I love and still try to remain friends with me. 
normally I would find this feeling a little bit pick me, but she does have a point. Like she does. You have to you don't have to like him, but you have to respect that they have decided to marry each other. And that's a fact. Like, do you expect to still remain friends with somebody if you're continuously fighting with their partner? Like it just isn't exactly and you're not gonna be they choose. (laughs) Yeah. Cause I think that you know, Hannah and her weird ass mind thinks that if it came down to it and it came down to an ultimatum, yes. that Amanda would pick her over yep. Kyle. Yep. But like, even if I was Amanda, I wouldn't pick Hannah over Kyle because <laughs> Hannah has shown her loyalty at the end of the day. And within this whole, you know, Kyle versus Hannah situation, Hannah feels like it's okay to go scorched earth mm-hmm. and, like, by extension, insult Amanda in order to get it, Kyle. Because, yeah. and, and like, we're not going to pretend, you know, to, you know, shout out to Paige within that, uh, that whole argument that that's not what Hannah intended to say when she said, you're not going to yell at Amanda the way that you yell, if you're not going to yell at me the way you yell at Amanda. But we mm-hmm. know what that was about. We know what she was implying. Yeah. We know that that was basically shade. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you're a doormat. Your man yells at you a certain way. And I'm not going to be that doormat. And listen, it- like, if you have a problem with our dynamics, then you have a problem with our dynamics. But say that to me. Don't try and do that in some, like, shady-ass way during an argument in front of all of our friends. Because totally. that's not cute. Yeah. Hannah completely meant what she said. Okay. <clears throat> get her out of it but that wasn't the case and for her for Paige to be like oh you guys got triggered by what she said like yeah because she said exactly what she meant like you're trying to clean this up and and make it like a slight diversion from what she said and what she meant but that wasn't the case and Hannah just shut her mouth up to try and get out of it but she knew she Mm. knew what she Um, there was a very funny moment where who gets up? They're sitting on those inflatable couches. <laughs> Was it Hannah that got up or Paige? Hannah but... gets up. Hannah gets up. <laughs> and Lindsay just tumbles back into somersault. I needed, like, I needed, I need something of that because that yeah. was, that genuinely gave me, like, a joyous chuckle. I was like, oh, that's funny. A full on barrel roll and then <laughs> inflatable couch landed right on top of her. Like she was working with yes. Like it was amazing. <laughs> it was so funny. Oh my gosh. Um uh, at that point Hannah's telling everybody about the PowerPoint. Paige is disgusted. Hannah's disgusted. Lindsay's trying to say, you know, he's a marketing man, and that's how he gets his feelings down. And they were like, okay, so where are you and Steven going to go from here? And Lizzie says, you know, I recognize that Steven's trying, but I don't know if I have the patience to wait on him. And it's like, yeah, don't. Don't. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. 
Luke tries to get all existential and he's like, you know, the best relationships are the ones where you guys go through the fire and you guys come out stronger. You know, like my chunk. Is that who Khloe Kardashian got that caption from yesterday from? (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like, ew. Luke and Khloe been like talking on the low? What? (laughs) That's funny. Did. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh yeah um okay like he was clearly trying to talk about kyle and amanda and whatever dude whatever um sierra starts talking about how kyle asks you know about her relationship history and she says you know i broke up with a guy a couple years ago we were together for a couple years he cheated on me and then she basically admits in a confessional that Luke was kind of a rebound from that relationship. <laughs> As it should be. As it should be. Imagine like going to going up to Minnesota to meet a guy's whole family and that's your rebound. That's tight. That is a t- that is a tight rebound. That's um, quite the rebound. I mean, rebounding with a himbo. Who like really wants to ingratiate you into your fa- his family? Like, that's okay. God. <laughs> I love that for her. And like, you know, he was he was cute back then. He was like real good looking, and he had the motor. He's got the motorcycle thing going for him. That was that was probably like a hot rebound for her. And we've also seen through his interactions with Hannah and whatnot that he. That he likes to be going down on girls. He loves mm-hmm. it on his face. So, you know, we gonna give Luke that. We, we will. Love that for him. We love that for him. Um, so, Kyle then does a weird tactical move by apologizing to Sierra for the night before. Mm-hmm. Even though she had nothing to do with it, really. And so... <laughs> He and Danielle start talking about how hard they worked during the week and how they just wanted a break. And Hannah's like, well, why don't we just stop judging people for how hard they work? Which is fair, but it's like, I just don't want to hear it from her. Kyle asks, like, what's up your ass? And Hannah's like, oh, I wish I had something up my ass because I feel a lot better right now. Okay, Hannah. Everyone's just kind of quiet, like, <laughs> it's like crickets. That was a flop. <laughs> <laughs> then she has the audacity to tell Kyle that she never talks about her their relationship. Hannah, it was me, Amanda, oh, and Kyle's. I hate this kind of shit during an argument. I would have been, I would have been so annoyed. My issue with Hannah is that these people are way too nice to her. I would make this girl cry so much. I think I feel that it. way. <laughs> pump rules, like I would destroy Lala and Katie. In yes. Her- seconds like they be left in a pile of dust somebody needs to get buck with hannah and tell her the like really get buck i'm not the one right Um, and that's why she tries to that's why she's gentle with Lindsay because she knows that Lindsay's the one who could do that (laughs) she knows that fighting with amanda is like fighting with a stuffed animal like it just never you know, like th- there's it's no victory in that. Yeah. yeah. It, so, uh, you know, Paige has in a confessional that Kyle and Hannah want the same thing, which is to be the center of attention and to be right, but not only to be right, to have that other person be very wrong. 
And she says what we were all thinking, like, I just need Carl back and I feel safer with Carl in my home. <laughs> Same. <laughs> like I love Carl now like oh man I always was like very you know like early seasons Carl I was like why is this tall ass white man saying more life I feel triggered I feel like I am back in undergrad yeah all white boys at the frat parties that just be like yeah like almost spilling beer on you in the middle of um like I don't know candy shop playing in the speakers or something like that like I felt triggered so I've been very back and forth about Carl but within this the sober journey that he's taking uh-huh. so attractive like the boy and we know I like he's got a nice glow going I'm like Carl do you got a new skincare regimen that you do on besides not drinking alcohol like what's like what's popping what's he's going literally- on I'm just hydrating and minding my business, and he is fucking thriving, and I love I it. Love that for him. I love oh, it. He's so hot. I <laughs> did. I, I don't know if I've said this on the podcast yet, but I got a cameo for my birthday from Carl from two great friends, Shira and Lucy, and I just like, <sighs> ooh, <laughs> it was very sexy to me. He gave me. A- <laughs> on how to cook the perfect hotel style eggs and it was beautiful he was like you know enjoy being in your mid-30s and it's a great time and I know that some women feel some type of way about their age but it's the best time of your life I'm like thank you Carl you're right and he looked really hot yes damn I look forward to us cooking those eggs together any day now. (laughs) I would love that for you. I want to be at the wedding. Um, I want to give a toast. (laughs) In in your, in your, with your white tea peach spritzer. I mean, you're going to be there. Yes. Um, (laughs) Lover boys all around. Let's raise our lover boys. Let's raise our glasses high. Such a beautiful night. Uh, um, so Hannah walks back into the house and Amanda's like I'm not gonna go and check in on Amanda or Hannah because I don't want to get involved and then we see Hannah pull the most manipulative thing of all time which is she calls Dez and is like (laughs) this boy is being mean to me and he tried to make me party and I didn't want to do it and it's like you're telling the most one-sided bullshit where, like, yeah, if somebody heard your side of the story, it would make complete sense why you felt that your way. But, like, girl, lying. You're absolutely lying about what's happening. Straight up lying. I was I was kind of shook watching that, like, both times that I watched the episode. I was like, this is not at all, like, this is objectively not what happened. That's just objectively not what happened. Kids, in the first, like, I didn't say this, but, like, I mean, honestly, if I was Kyle... And Danielle, I too would have said fuck you to them telling me to turn down the music because of Paige's little be courteous comment. Mm-hmm. Just straight up because of that. Like if she had just said like, hey, can you guys turn the music down a little bit? But then you want to go on and be like, there's 10 people in this house. Everyone like, you guys should be courteous. I would have been like, girl, fuck you. It's eight o'clock on a Friday. It's eight turn o'clock. Up. Like <laughs> it doesn't seem like Paige wakes up before eleven. So 
does it matter? Like, if you need to watch Love Island so bad, put some headphones in. We're on a house, like, this is a house specifically designed for partying, ma'am. We're on a show. You, like, there are cameras on all of us. Right. And we are giving them the goods. What are you doing? (laughs) You've got, like, one job here. Right. It wasn't even dark yet. Like, I could see if it was one o'clock in the morning. Okay, I guess. But it was literally, it was like 8.30. Like, chill out, girl. Chill. Um, Yeah. uh, She sucks. It was just such a, like, I'm going to try to impress my boyfriend by saying that I'm a complete victim and this guy is being mean to me. Don't buy it. Um, You know, I'm not his girlfriend. I don't have to do what he wants. Uh, whatever. No one was asking you to come party. Like, yeah, it would have, it would have mediated the situation in the sense of like nobody has to turn the music down because we're all trying to party together and have fun together. Yeah, but that's not what anybody's asking you to do. And yeah. now you're just straight up lying. <laughs> right, <laughs> girl. I don't like that girl. I don't like her. She's she, dangerous. She's she's a dangerous kind of white girl. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's been in bed all day like fucking uh, Charlie Bucket's grandparents from Willy Wonka. And now you want to come. <laughs> Get out of here. Get out of here. Um, That's literally what she and Paige are, though, because I swear every every shot of them, like everybody's doing some, And then it's like Paige and Hannah in bed <laughs> just covered in their blankets and got their hoodies on like with their hoods over their heads on their phone it's like it really is like a modern day (laughs) charlie in the chocolate factory oh my god (laughs) oh my gosh so thank god well no we got to talk about this part where luke hits uh kyle in the balls accidentally (laughs) (laughs) it's like perfect shot perfect target Thank God Carl comes back. He seems a little bit better, but he's clearly been through it. He's talking about how hard it was. He's been crying 24-7, how hard it was to be back in his uh, childhood home and have his brother not there. And But also the kind of silver lining of him not ever thinking that he would see his parents together again, but to see them like sitting in the living room together was like, a little bit of a heartwarming moment for him. Yeah. I just love Carl. I just love him. Um, he has to isolate from the whole family or from, you know, from the summer house family, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, I would have been simping for him so hard. Like I'm going to heat up your dinner. I'm going to bring <laughs> I'll be outside if you need anything. Like, like I'll be I'll- right here. Just like ring a bell, ring a bell, and I'm right here. Oh man! Just a stone's throw away. Just you know, I'll do a special knock so you know it's me, and you know, <laughs> I'll sit I'll, I'll sit outside the door for you, and we can talk. And you know, I'm just gonna be here for you, whatever you need. Um, Paige randomly starts talking about how she hasn't sat on somebody's face in a while, which okay. <laughs> work um danielle (laughs) that is also that was that was relatable (laughs) i mean yeah i mean in these trying times (laughs) 
times. You know, I can't wait to sit on somebody's face in the future. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that's the first place I'm going after I get my... That's when I get that vaccine. <laughs> it's like a list of things to do. I'm going to find get my hair braided. Yep. Sit on somebody's face. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. So Danielle and, and Hannah start talking about like, you know, well, Danielle starts talking about the chef guy that she met two weeks before she went into the house. And Hannah's like, oh, yeah, like, I also met a guy two weeks before. And, you know, I just feel like things are really going to go somewhere. And I just wonder, I wish that they had, like, asked people more about that. Like, what do you, what are y'all's feelings about this new guy? Mm-hmm. Quote, new guy. Um, then we end the episode hearing Kyle and Hannah talking about each other. So Hannah's <laughs> to uh page about you know if my fiance were fighting with my friends i would probably leave him no you wouldn't and amanda's trying to explain to kyle you know i understand you you have valid points and why you're upset with hannah but when you say mean things that's where things go off the rail and people don't want to you know agree with you people don't want to be on your side and She's right. She's right. And then she says in a confessional, something like, you know, I feel like when Hannah tries to bring Kyle down, she's also trying to bring me down. And I don't know what to do about that or where Hannah and I go from here. Thank God for growth. I love that. I loved that last little bit because I was like, that's really what it comes down to in terms of their friendship because at the end of the day, like I said before, like if you're gonna if your goal is to basically present an ultimatum to Amanda, you're not gonna win, Hannah. You're just not. And no. you shouldn't win. Because yeah. you're a shitty friend. So I would yeah. never hedge my bets on you. Yeah. And like how you know, it's like you know, cheating is shitty. All the things that Kyle have has done to Amanda are shitty. But at the end of the day, she has made the choice to not only stay with him, but not keep punishing him for the things that he's done. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't mean that you have to take the baton on that. Like, 
She doesn't need you to stick up for her. Not that I think that that's really what she's trying to do. I think she just hates Kyle. Mm-hmm. And she knows the best way to trigger him is about Amanda. And uh, yeah, I mean, what, she's very immature. We'll just put it that yeah. way. Yeah, because I think what it is, is that she is, <clears throat> she's judging Amanda for staying in this relationship anyway. Due to the past cheating, which is why she brings up the past cheating a lot and why she brings up those issues in their relationship. And so it's it's not even about still defending Amanda and defending her honor or anything like that, because if that were the case, then it wouldn't it wouldn't be made about Amanda. You know what I'm saying? Like it wouldn't be about you know, Amanda being a doormat in some sort of way. It would solely be about Kyle being, you know, a shitty boyfriend and a cheater and stuff like that. And so, and even in that sense, like, you're still kind of shitting on the choice that Amanda is making for herself. And it's not a choice that I would necessarily make. You know, although, like... I mean, we say that, but, like, at the end of the day, like, none of us, not everybody has been in that situation where they've been presented with somebody that they genuinely love, and then they have to make a choice of, like, am I going to break up with you over this, or am I not? And Mm -hmm. she made that choice for herself, and she seems very happy with the choice that she has made, so I ain't, like, I'm not going to shit on it anymore. (laughs) Like, she and Kyle used to be, like, the mess of the summer house, and they've, uh, they've, they've ran over the hurdles, so now yeah. they're not. <laughs> so like, what else do I have to say about it? Right. But like, um, not seeing them yeah. fight this season one time. That's true. She's all, been. It's have been about Hannah, just like Hannah's claiming right. her fights with Amanda have been about Kyle. Right. But Kyle, exactly. But Kyle and Amanda are not necessarily like fighting over Hannah, and I think that's what's important for for people to take notice of because when they're having the discussions about Hannah, like the way that Amanda is supportive and saying like, listen, I understand why you're angry, Mm -hmm. but maybe if you like communicated it in a different way, it wouldn't turn into a fight. So Mm -hmm. it's a way for her to like correct him and like correct his behavior and say like, I don't like the way that you're going about it, but I understand your points. Yeah. And I understand your reasons. So actually, it's <clears throat> it's actually really good. <laughs> like, I actually really liked the way that she did that. I agree. I think it's really mature. Yeah. Um, so as a therapist, what are your favorite reality shows to watch from, like, a therapy perspective? Ooh. Or do you not like to be involved? Do you not like to think about that when you're watching TV? No, I do. I mean, that's why I like, um, that's why I love some of these franchises. And I like just looking a little bit deeper into it in some ways mm-hmm. and thinking about like, damn, like, what would I do if I had this person, like, mm-hmm. in my office, you know? Um yeah. I've always, some people, for some people, it's way too dark. <laughs> but I'm like, it's not that dark. Like, I've dealt with darker situations and, like, within the therapy space. But, like, Real Housewives in New Jersey is, like, the greatest of all time when it comes to Ooh. Um, 
just family dynamics and family therapy and stuff like that. Like, I feel like if I could do like, like if I was a professor and I could do a whole class, like with those, like with those episodes and um, whether it's Teresa and Joe, or even like back in the day with like Caroline and the Manzos, (laughs) like, you know, those whole dynamics, um, like Lauren and Albie and stuff like that. Um, It's super, super interesting and you know it's it's dark but it's not it's not dark dark <laughs> maybe it's just too dark for most people I'm like nah y'all like i mean like i get kids in foster care like you want dark i'll show right. you dark but like <laughs> yeah that's quite light <laughs> so so i love watching that show and then um i mean i always loved vanderpump rules too yeah yeah. Do you, is there a specific person that you find most fascinating? Ooh. Um, I don't know. I, mm. it used to be, it used to be Bethany. Bethany used to be one of the most fascinating people to like watch and, and everything. So- Not so much anymore. How would you interpret her behavior? Like, do you feel like she feels untouchable? Um, when you take into account, uh, I don't know, because when you take into account, like, the shit that she was saying about Meghan Markle recently... Mm-hmm. It's not like it was like, whoa, okay, Bethany. But then I also remembered some other times where she's been not that um, sensitive and showing that she's not that knowledgeable about race and how racism affects Black women specifically. But mm-hmm. then I also remember. It wasn't even that long ago. She had on her podcast, I listened to her podcast like a couple times, and she had a guest who I follow on Instagram. That's the only reason why I listen to it. Um, Bozema St. John, who is like an amazing businesswoman, was like, you know, an executive at Netflix, an executive at Uber. She's Ghanaian like me. So I was like, I want to hear like how this goes. And it was, it was an interesting conversation. And I did notice that, like, when was like she was talking about how, like, growing up, you know, being embarrassed to have friends over sometimes for dinner, and I felt this so hard because her mom would make like all these Ghanaian foods that like her friends had no idea what that was, and it would just be like, why can't we just give these people pizza? Like, why are you gonna give them like peanut soup? Like, I didn't ask for this, and it's just like such an awkward thing to be so othered in that space, mm-hmm. and. I felt like the way that Bethany was responding to it was like, oh, that's interesting. But she didn't seem to want to go deeper as to like how that, you know, really sort of affected how she related to other people growing up. Like she just didn't really seem that interested because I don't think to her she kind of got that significant. And I felt like Bazoma had to do more work to kind of put that out there as to and do it herself, you know, and kind of explain herself a little bit more. So I think that straight up, she just isn't as knowledgeable as she pretends to be about other people and other cultures, you know? And 
she has been able to kind of fake her way through seeming really progressive and seeming really like hip and everything to Mm -hmm. what the world is going through. She's really good at um, kind of keeping like one foot in, so to speak, without like being fully in there and seeming completely out of touch. But she has her moments where she does. She's really smart. She knows exactly what she's doing. So I do think that it's an issue of her being untouchable and like the invisible knapsack of privilege is completely on her back. And I still don't think that she fully realizes it, you know, she yeah. maybe got like, she's got awareness of maybe like one strap of the heaviness on her, but she's not, she's not fully aware of all of it. I think that's what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. But she also seems like she doesn't, she's not willing to. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I mean, that's, that's really step one. Step one yeah. is to like be willing to be aware, but I don't think that she wants to be. And I think that as much as she says that she is a totally fair person and accepting of all things and of all, you know, of all people, like everybody says that. <laughs> Nobody's going to say that they're not accepting of what, you know, except for like a blatant racist, but like, no, like no one's just going to outright say like, I'm not accepting of all people in all cultures, you know, they're never going to say it. Uh, But what work are you going to put into kind of gaining the knowledge that you don't already have? And, you know, we'll see. I think that there are people that will always love Bethany and will always love her community like the way that she communicates things uh i'll always love uh weirdly enough i love season seven (laughs) of real housewives new york because there are times where she is just like the way that she's kind of like narrating like what is going on with the women is like genuinely so hilarious and we'll always have that yeah but um i could see that this is really this could really like hurt her brand at the end of the day yeah, and I'm, if she doesn't want to change, you know, yeah. and then she'll need to come back on the show again, and by then she won't really be needed. She's not needed now, frankly. <laughs> but yeah, maybe we'll see after this season if we need her. But um, yeah, interesting. Okay, well, thank you, thank you so much for talking to me. Of do course, you, this is always such a joy. Do you want people to find you? Where should they find you? Let's see, where should they find me? Um, so you guys can find me on Instagram more, like, presently and publicly on, like, my skin and care account, skin in the city. That's skin underscore in the city, because, like, I'm a basic bitch that likes to take from, like, sex in the city or something. I don't know. But um, I do a lot of, you know, skincare product reviews and things like that. So you can always hop into my DMs and I'm always willing to talk. And um, I do have a podcast that I do with my friend Sharina, Intersectional Media. We've been on a bit of a hiatus this year uh, because we both got really busy and Sharina started a new job. And honestly, Sharina hates editing the podcast. So we're trying, we're trying to find some solutions with that. And then hopefully we'll be back. But, you know, feel free to like listen to our old episodes. I think they're still incredibly relevant. I agree. Um, 
you know, with these times with the uh, with Prince Harry. There's an episode where I talked about how Prince Harry makes me realize I ain't never dating a white man where I'm the first black girl that they have ever dated. Because, honey, I'm not here to be teaching nobody anything. Uh, that was a great episode. Um, we talk housewives a lot on there, too. So, um, you know, amongst a mix of other things. So give a listen to that if you're interested. Absolutely. Well, Sam, you have a great day. Thanks. You too, girl. Bye. Bye.